Welcome to Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. This podcast is a collection of historical and philosophical references, contemplations, lectures, and exchanges with David M. Valadez, his students, and guests. Podcasts are recorded on the mat at the Sension Center in Southern California and in studio. These podcasts are provided to cultivate the warrior on the way and to add light to their path. This tendency towards prediction. You understand? It's a need to control. Before that, it's a preference to be in control. So before that, there's a fear. And before that, there's a sense of self. And before that, there's an absence of skill, which leads to self-attachment. You're following incorrectly an entirely different epistemic. Your epistemology is wrong. You have a modern epistemy that allows for an if-then type of training. This is this this is what the entire self-defense market is based upon. If then guy does this, if a guy does this, then you do that. The ancients knew that that'll never work. They weren't interested in selling things. You need it if then, so you could wrap it up in tiny packages, so you could sell it. It's how we got to martial arts training over the internet. You don't even need a teacher. You don't need a mentor. You just need information. But you're raised with that mentality, and so you come into the dojo with that, and so you see your training with that. But that mentality of an if-then necessitates a doer. There's a doer. You're the doer. And you'd rather be the doer than the one that's having it done to them. So the if-then mentality is very much a part of that other cycle I just mentioned. That pass-through attachment and fear and self. You see that? But it's not what Buddha is. So you have to learn Ukemi, and at the beginning Ukemi seems to be about how to fall. It's often translated as that, how to fall. But it's not, there's nothing in the word It means falling. Keru means to receive, and me is the body. But body in East Asian culture always necessitates what? Mind, spirit. You can you can see that there isn't really an agency. There isn't really a doer. So when James did the strike and I didn't fall down, because if I were to fall down, I would be doing it. I would be the doer. If your strike does not displace my mass, 
then I would be participating in the modern paradigm, <coughs> that cycle that leads through fear. And I can't do that. So I say, Nage needs to be the sharpening stone. Otherwise, Uke will never become Uke. Uke will play at Uke. Uke will just become very skilled at processing the if-then cycle. If you're trained, you can tell someone's doing if-then. You can tell. Same with Nage. It looks weird. And there will always be cues. There will always be. Be a demonstration, and the uke forgets the order, and now all of a sudden they're falling the exact opposite way they're supposed to fall, or they're falling before they were supposed to fall, or they're falling after they fall. The human error element comes into play, but it exposes itself that most of us are doing if-then training. We were supposed to be doing as-if training, as-if training. Is a different epistemology. And that's where you're supposed to be. Because you cannot predict as uke. You cannot predict. Prediction is a delusion. And you cannot control. You cannot control everything in your life. It is also delusion. So there's no skill. There's no benefit to that kind of paradigm. You get some ego pleasure because you come to class and you feel, I was training hard today. I sweated, I breathed hard, my muscles feel tired. But you're only in the delusion that you're controlling because you can predict because you can't predict, you can't control. This is, goes nowhere in life. Nowhere. Anybody that thinks that works, they're either crazy or they're just too young. They have not lived enough life yet to realize that's just not going to get me anywhere. So to go from Understanding Dukemi as falling to what it actually is. An entirely different way of being. You have to let go of the prediction controlling fear pattern. You have to let it go. You, you have to stop being satisfied with it. You have to actually come to be repulsed by it. Spiritual training is not going to happen through positive reinforcement alone. You must become sick of those things and of your participation in those things. You have to become entirely repulsed by them, repelled by them, so that you can add to the energy of the attraction that is in true uke. The pattern different from fear, self-attachment, control, prediction, preference. Get off of that. You know it doesn't work. You know. You, all of you should know that by now. Especially in Ukemi. You should know it. Every time you're getting walloped 
lights should go off. And I'm still stuck predicting. I'm still trying to control this. I can't let go. I can't just be. Let that repulsion drive you, motivate you. Don't be afraid of it. There is no master of any craft who did not spend equal share being sickened by themselves. It's just not possible. So you have to take yourself there. You do. What I, what I am very concerned with is that as you guys are moving through the intermediate phases, if you don't develop this repelling energy, what are you going to use to get off the ground, so to speak, right? To get out of that phase, what will you use? What is your engine? Why would you leave it behind? And then you're getting older, and the body's not responding, Again, mediocrity we, is what we do by our own inaction, okay? It's ours in the things that we fail to choose correctly because in the things that we fail to reject. So you have to reject that part. You have to. I got to stop doing the choreography. I got to stop doing the dance. You get it? Do you guys get that? It's no different than the Takamusa Aiki that happens on Nage's side. Same prediction control of your cycles, the same thing. Okay? And this underlies the fact that one of the things that I always repeat to you that you have to be careful of just showing up. Remember that? Of just going through the motions. There's nothing talismanic in the dojo, meaning, you know, like a crucifix is the talisman to vampires and it has a power and it repels the vampires. Okay, there's no talismanic power to the dojo. You are not going to come in and then it's going to bless you and you will drop that fear control prediction preference cycle. It won't happen. Instead, that you will usurp the training. You are like a black hole and you will take the training and you will make it that. Obviously, right? Obviously, that's what we do. That's also why we don't let people in all at once because the culture will change too much. Too many black holes, no light. That's what happens. So I can't just show up. There's no talismanic power to the dojo. There's no talismanic power to the techniques. Ikkyo is not going to make you awakened. The hakamad will not. The ki will not. Your rank will not. It will not happen. There's no innate power in them. There is only what you bring. Your power to attract and repel yourself 
to head down a particular direction. So I saw on your shirt today for the gym, and on the back, it lists all these virtues. What are they like? Honor? What are they? Trust in others? Strength and character? And I'm telling you, bullshit. Working out is not going to give you any of those things. You should ask what? You should ask how. Okay, I'm going to do these squats. I'm going to be able to put five pounds on every time I go down. Am I a better person now? Am I less fearful? People go, well, yeah, because now you can kick people's asses. You're stronger. Isn't that the definition of fear? I feel compelled to have to be able to kick people's asses. Are you telling me you're not afraid? You're afraid. Who walks around all day going, I can kick his ass, I can kick his ass, I can kick his ass. Okay, now I can just rest easy. You hear that too in the martial arts, right? Oh, you'll learn confident, and when you learn you can kick that guy's ass, then you will know you don't have to. This is such crap. This is not real spiritual maturity. This is immaturity. This is dabbler culture. Borrowing words from the ancients, like when a child hears mommy and daddy say something, then the kid says it totally out of context, right? And everyone goes, oh, how cute, right? Which really means, what an idiot. <laughs> Only a child would say something so idiotic that we have to, it goes past idiocy into innocence, right? Well, ask what? Go to your manager at the gym and go, how? How? How am I getting character by sweating? Can I? So if I, it's in sweating, is there a talismanic power to sweating? Can I go in the sauna? This short change of squatting and going to the sauna and I just start sweating. Is it just moisture? Can you just wet me with a hose and I get character now? I develop trust, loyalty. It's crazy. But you should ask those questions here. Buddha speaks about spiritual maturity all the time. You have to ask how. You have to drop the talismanic mentality that it's going to be yours just because you show up. You have to take heed of my warning. Chances are it will not be yours. I'm telling you right now, chances are it will not be yours. Chances are you will just show up. Chances are as you age, your art will become less sophisticated, less powerful, less capable. That is the statistical probability. I'm the exact opposite. That's what my t-shirt would say. I got nothing for you. Tension center. Okay? But if you ask how, how? You talk about the reconciliation of fear. How? How do I do it? That's where you start. Now you're not just showing up. Now you accept what I said. It's not going to be yours. It won't be yours. You don't just have a t-shirt. Unless it's that one. 
we should make it. Right? Could you even say that? Chances are I won't get it. Then she said, <laughs> sign up now. Okay? But how? There's nothing in the techniques. That's what I just told you. I think it's like the cushion in Zen. Today, same thing. The dabbler culture is the little children. They talk about meditate, meditate. They have apps. Five minutes a day will get you. Five minutes a day, right? And you can write that book you always want to write. You can get that woman you always wanted to bed. You can get that job you wanted to get. Five minutes a day. Just use your iPhone. I say pull. No, it won't do anything. In fact, that's not the main catalyst for self-transformation in the Zendo. Not at all. When we say the cushion is the center of Zen practice, when we say Zazen is the center, it's in the same sense we say Waza is the center. We don't mean you're going to spend most of your time doing that. We don't mean that's the most fruitful practice you have. We mean you have to always return to it to see where you're at. It's kind of a mirror. So the cushion is a mirror. Only people who don't sit in Zazen will tell you how relaxing it is. I, I get a lot of people that come in, we do the Zazen, and they go, oh, I've done Zazen. Yeah, I've done it. I go to a, I go to a Zen. A Zen what? A Zen lecture. What is that? I sit in the, on a desk and that guy talks. Very much like the, the, the priest is going to expound on the gospel. Not at all Zen. Very modern. So they're all ready to sit. We go, Look, we're going to start out with 10 minutes. Just don't worry about it. It's 10 minutes only. And they tend to go, I, I've sat longer than that. And then I go, and uh, don't move. You're not supposed to move. And no noise. Okay, I can't move. You can move one time. Try to only move one time. And then return back to stillness and silence. Now all of a sudden, 10 minutes is like freaking three days. Because they, there's nothing relaxing about the cushion. It's as if training. Sit on the cushion as if you were awakened. Sit on the cushion as if the silence and the stillness was as every bit as expansive as the entire universe, where there is no constraint to you in that silence and stillness, as if you were a Buddha. Same with Ikkyo. Same with Nikyo, Sankyo. Do the techniques as if you have already reconciled the self. Once you have, then you can sit on the cushion for forever. Once you have, you can do every technique with Aiki. Until then, there's nothing about the cushion. There's nothing about Ikkyo. It's everything else that goes with it. In other words, if the 
preference, prediction, control, fear, self-attachment cycle requires that self, that self-attachment. I'm not going to let go of self in ego. I'm just going to muscle my way through ego. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to force people down. I'm going to feel threatened by the grip. So I'm going to push back on them. That's what happens. I become preoccupied with the takedown over the farm. That's what happens. I don't all of a sudden start to move in ikkyo as if I understand aiki, hakamusu aiki, reconciliation of self. And it won't happen. Instead, who I am shows up. Same thing with the cushion. First day on the cushion, in the real way, I, you will hate it. I hated it. I hated it. You're not doing it right if you don't hate it. Your body will reject it. It will bruise itself. It will tickle itself. It will cause you to vomit. It will do whatever it takes to get you to get off of that cushion. He starts talking. Look, if you don't get off the cushion, I'm going to crap and vomit right on this cushion. You watch, you watch, you better get up. Same thing with Aikido. If you're loving it, you're doing it wrong. If you're loving it, it's because it's too consistent with the self you walked in with. So it matches your preferences. Take the technique we did tonight. When preferences don't work, nobody likes that strike to the face. Nobody does. But when you have no preferences, it doesn't really didn't feel like anything. I'm not even thinking about it. I don't have to go home and look in the mirror and wonder if that's going to show up at work the next day. And what are they going to say when I have a black eye or a bloody lip? Where'd my tooth go? So in the same way, the cushion is a mirror, the technique is a mirror. But yourself's not reconciled in the technique. Zazen is not a relaxation technique where you go, I get so relaxed that I get to calm down and then I'll become a good person. No! That is not how it works. There's no power in the cushion. There's not a talisman. Same with Ikkyo. I get so good at Ikkyo. I get so relaxed when I do my Ikkyo. And now I have no fear. Bullshit. Nothing in the technique. It's a mirror. It's as if it's a mirror. That's it. Yourself and your attachment to self is going to be problematized in everything else that happens in the dojo. Not in that technique. It does, but it's not very viable. It's not very fruitful. Because it's so short, 
It's so easy to deceive oneself. But in how you clean the dojo, how you take care of things, how you sacrifice for your training, that is where you start to wrestle with the notion of self and the attachment to self. For example. So ask those real questions. Don't put it on a t-shirt. How do I become whatever these virtues are that I want? that I believe are part of spiritual maturity. Whether it's the virtues of the Hakama, right? Honor, compassion, wisdom, whatever they are. Put that question in your head. How does this achieve that? If you don't know, or you have an idea, that's why you have a mentor, hey, bounce it off. Get some feedback. Twirl things around. Look at it again. Things you can't really do on the internet. Have that question because it's the first step you take to not just showing up. Is that it? I warned you all. If you just show up, Get nothing. This concludes this episode of Budo the Way of the Warrior podcast. For more information, please visit sentiencenter.com. S E N S H I N C E N T E R.com. Or find us at Facebook at Sension Center and on our YouTube channel at Sension One. Thank you for listening.